Hello and welcome to the ETOF21 Sports Podcast for October 2nd. How is everyone doing? My name is Eric. I'm the man behind ETOF21 Sports. You can find my work on Twitter at ETOF21 Sports, on Instagram at ETOF21 Sports underscore. Everything you need for fantasy football at ETOF21 Sports underscore fantasy. For free horse racing picks at ETOF21 Sports underscore horse underscore racing. How is everyone doing today? Can we believe it's fucking October already? So first things first, I want to say the recording schedule for next week may be a little different. Someone's birthday, someone will probably be up in Milwaukee bitching about the Brewers playing the Atlanta Braves. But someone is me, so this podcast may come out a day late or a day early tomorrow. want to give a quick thanks for Gino Bacala having me on his podcast. I tweeted out and Instagram about me on a show yesterday. We go through game by game. I give out some thoughts about some bets, some bets I've locked in. And just kind of where my head is about every single game in the NFL slate for Sunday. And then also, Better Than Vegas, having me on every Sunday, listening to my wild take on NFL games and everything. So before we jump into our show, and our show is going to be a little different today, the person I had on for the fancy talk, they had to cancel, something came up. So I'm going to be going through my thought process, building a DFS lineup and how I kind of build my DFS lineup. And I'll kind of share that knowledge with you guys. But as always, we're going to talk about the NFL to start out. So last night, recording this on Friday, Thursday night football, Jesus Christ. I had the Jags plus the seven in the hook plus the 285. Um, Yeah, that was totally their game. They totally blew that game. Got up 14-0, drove down, fourth and one, end of the second quarter, going into halftime. What I don't understand, and if someone knows the answer to this, please let me know. You have a six foot, how, how tall is Trevor Lawrence? Like, honestly, how tall is Trevor Lawrence? Six foot two, six foot six, somewhere in there. And it's fourth and one. How do you not put him under center and sneak and just get the touchdown? I totally agree going for it. You have a chance to set, step on someone's throat. You step on someone's throat. No questions asked. You do it. But you don't do a quarterback sneak in that situation. That makes zero logical sense to me. So, yeah. So, if they score a touchdown there, the game's over. They win that game. Obviously, they didn't. They handed it off. It got stuffed. Um, and the uh, Bengals came back and won it. Get Jags gave up that huge, God, what was it? That huge tight end screenplay. Um, Jaguars defense a little overrated. Jaguars offense is explosive. I'm worried about Burrow. He does get hit a lot. He does look at Jamar Chase, and that's the thing. Like everyone needs to understand is like these wide receivers. A there's always plays, but they always have people they look for. Burrow was adamant about drafting Chase, so of course he's going to look toward Chase. Boyd's going to be the number two. I think Higgins is going to fall out. Um, do am I buying this Bengals team? No, I'm not buying this team. Middle of the road team. I'd love to see him make the playoffs, but I think at the end of the day, Burrow's going to be taking too much, too many hits. We saw Joe Mixon a little banged up toward the end. We also saw their defense give eight points to the Jags. Speaking of the Jags, I said at the time, Eddie was an awful fucking pick with how many holes they have and the players that were on the board during the NFL draft. Why the hell? Did you draft him? You have James Robinson, who looks great. James Robinson is being more effective this year than he is being next year. And that pick is just going to look awful. Like, 
he's going to be coming back from a foot injury. Running backs coming back from a foot injury. I'm just not that high on. James Robinson has a place in this league. He's a starter in this league, and he's showing it. And that was an awful pick by the Jacksonville Jaguars. No questions asked. Absolute awful pick. So that's kind of my thoughts of the uh, Thursday night game. In terms of thoughts around the league, can anyone tell me what the fuck Matt Nagy's doing? Honestly, as a coach, those who don't know, I, I also coach. I coach kids, try to take them to that next level, have it be reach their collegiate goals or whatever. Um, what the fuck was that? As a coach, you put your team, your students, your players in a position to win. How did Nagy do that? I've been saying it for years. Nagy's awful. Nagy is the worst coach in the league. The NFL is all about adjustments. Game to game, year to year. He came on storm, like took the lead by storm first year. Came out, offense looked good. Second year, everyone adjusted. Everyone got used to it. And he's a stubborn old man. He thinks his stuff works and the plays work. They don't. You have to adjust. And you're going to have to adjust your offense. That game showed me that, A, Nagy is worse than I thought he is. No adjustments in it at all. And the fact that Nick Foles, who is well-respected in this league, well-respected in the locker room by his peers and coaches, is sitting on the sidelines looking at Andy Dalton and saying that this offense doesn't work speaks volumes to where Nagy is. Nagy has lost that locker room. It would not surprise me if they lose to the Lions. I lost the value. I missed the the Lions plus six. If I had the Lions plus six, I would have locked that in all day. But the Lions dropped down to three, and I can't bet that line. I have no idea what's going to happen this game against the Lions this week, but as a complete stay away from me, I am so disappointed in what I saw from Nagy because he's getting an opportunity that most people would die to do, and to do that is inexcusable. He should be fired last Sunday. Um... Lions, yeah, Lions got fucked. They always get fucked. It is so frustrating being a motherfucking Lions fan. You guys will never know how frustrating it is being a Lions fan. It's like every week the NFL invents a new way to just fucking screw us. I mean, I know they gave up a fourth and forever play of the play before, but that's, yeah, that happened. They fucked up. Never should have happened. But I will say this. This team is competing. It's heading in the right direction, which is awesome to see. Um... Chiefs, there's obviously something wrong with Tyreek Hill. They went and signed Josh Gordon if Tyreek Hill was 100%. And they're just kind of having Mahomes run around and saying, oh, hey, go fucking do something. Which, end of the day, I really don't think is going to work. Actually, it's not going to work. So um, they really need to get that right, have a little bit more of a plan. I've been saying it since week one. The offense works better with Darren Williams in it. Uh, Eagles... Again, another coach making dumb mistakes. How the flying hell can the top, like, what, six linemen? They're down six linemen. The Cowboys are down six motherfucking linemen, and you only give Miles Sanders three carries? That's inexcusable. Inexcusable. Sanders is your bell cow. He is your best playmaker in offense, not Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is not that good of a quarterback. I hate to say it to you guys. He is not that fucking good. Um, inexcusable. Sanders should have been getting more run. Um, Panthers suck. I'm not buying this hype. Sam Darnold still doesn't survey the field. He locks into the first read, and that's it. And that's why DJ Moore is getting all this love. Cleveland Browns, for the life of me, I do not understand why they treat Nick Chubb the way they do. Nick Chubb should be getting 20 touches a day. Now they're throwing screens to Felton. 
I just kind of feel like this team should be better with what they have. They should be better. I feel that they get a little bit too cute, and I'm not really into what I'm seeing from them. I, I just just not really a fan from what I'm seeing from the uh, Cleveland Browns, Minnesota Vikings. You know what? I think if I can find a future for them two to one or higher to make the playoffs, I'm going to take it. I like this team a lot. They're slinging the ball around. Defenses is slowly getting better. I like what I see from them. They're going to be entertaining. I would love if I get this Vikings at plus three on Sunday, but it doesn't look like they're going to get there. Colts, again, what the fuck are the Colts doing? How does Jonathan Taylor have 10 carries, one one reception? Makes zero sense. You got to pound Taylor against the Raiders last week in a basic, no, excuse me, in, against the Titans. Basically a must-win situation last week. Didn't do it. Inexcusable. Um, Dolphins offense looked way better than Brissett. Got some deep balls in, but that up fourteen zero. Who the flying fuck on your own one calls a wide receiver screen? That play made zero sense. Hated that play. Jets nightmare. Titans. Eh, Julio is out and AJ Green are out. Uh, Washington football team. The thing with a football team is this. Their defense isn't that good. William Jackson, I've always been high on. He is great in man-to-man, awful in zone. Basically, what they need to do is they need to go to a hybrid zone, man-to-man defense. Jackson needs to be going man-to-man on one side of the field, and then the regular field just needs to be a zone coverage. Jackson can't cover zone, and that is being eminent in what is going on in the field. But I really think old man Del Rio won't do that. Rams, great win. Um, I, yeah, this this is the team to beat right now. They defeated the defending champs. Offensive line's playing good. Defense is playing good. Stafford looks great. You know, and I'm happy for the kid. Uh, Cardinals still not sipping the Kool-Aid. Kind of a bluff what they're doing. Should have lost the Jags and Bill Jaguars last week if it wasn't for that flea flicker. Seattle, San Francisco, two train wrecks. Steelers, it's, it's kind of funny, like, Everyone was posting this stuff about the Steelers, Big Ben, Najee Harris, how good they're going to be in fantasy and how good the team will be. And I flat out said their offensive line sucked. And people questioned me. And I I hate doing this. I absolutely hate it when I have to say, hey, remember that? But I'm going to say that. Because you get these guys that just are adamant that their way is the right way and that they are always right. Well, motherfuckers, I tried to tell you what was going on with the Steelers' offensive line and with Big Ben and Harris and how that was going to affect them. But you guys didn't listen. And where are you at right now? That's all I'm going to say. Where are you at right now? I actually know what I'm doing, and I'm good at what I'm doing, and I make a lot of money what I'm doing. So if I, like, make a statement, it's going to be right the majority of the time. Also, this week, it wouldn't surprise me if the Steelers straight up win. Because this is just what Tomlin does. Um... The Ravens, I mean, totally flat splat. I don't know if Brown has the yips or what, but him dropping that many balls was way just under the day inexcusable. Playing the Broncos. Broncos really haven't played anyone. This is kind of the test to see how they're going to do. Ravens getting a lot of people back on defense, which will help. Broncos are a little bit more banged up than people are realizing. Bucks, Patriots, obviously the game of the day. It's going to be interesting to see how Brady and Belichick interact and how they deal with being on opposite sides of the field and not being together and Tom in front of the crowd 
Yeah, it's going to be a dynamic element. Uh, Raiders suck. I'm not buying this team at all. I think the Chargers are going to eat them up. So that's kind of my thoughts around the NFL. So it's that time of the show. We're going to talk a little NASCAR and who else to come on. He's been here every single week during the NASCAR season. Brandon from Off the Post, Boston Sports. Brandon, how you doing today? Doing good. Big weekend. Big weekend of sports. Should be a lot of fun. So you kind of touched on it. Big weekend of sports. Um, obviously, the game in the NFL, Sunday night game, is Tom Brady and the defending Super Bowl champion, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, return going up to Foxborough. He's returning to the place where he made his Hall of Fame career. What what's your take on this this game this weekend and everything? So I, I'm going to sound like a broken record because I called WEEI Boston earlier this week and kind of went on a rant. It is a return of Brady. It will be spectacular. He will come in. Most of the crowd, if not all, should give the man a standing ovation, thanking him for everything he's done. He'll wave his arm, and then the game's going to be played. On paper, we should get drugged by 50 points. Their talent versus our talent, Tom Brady, Mac Jones, rebuild, trying to rebuild a powerhouse that Tampa has. I think there's so much more hype about this game than there really should be. We're one and two. They're two and one. They're a better team. I I get it. Brady is coming back. This game is not going to determine is Bill the GOAT, is Brady the GOAT. So anybody that wants to talk all that shit about who the GOAT is going to be, stop. If there was no Bill Belichick drafting Tom Brady at 199, there would be no Tom Brady. If Tom Brady didn't have the talent and the mind that he's had in work ethic, there would be no Bill Belichick. These guys work together hand in hand. So when he he left and all we hear is, oh, this is going to determine who it really was. No, that's not an argument. Bill can't play on the field. Brady can't play without good talent around him on the field. They worked together. Do I think if there's a coach in the NFL – that can game plan knowing this quarterback for 20 years and knowing his weaknesses, if there are any, it could be Bill. So is this one of those Sunday night games to where the Pats get pressure on him and all of a sudden it's 14-0 New England in the first half and Bill sits on the ball to keep the ball out of Brady's hands? Does that happen? Possibly. Or does Brady come to New England and throw for 400 yards and five touchdowns and it's 45-10, game over? So... I'm super pumped about it. I hope the fans give him a standing ovation. I hope they boo the shit out of Gronk. Because if anybody bailed on anybody, it was Gronk. I don't think Gronk, Gronk didn't make the trip. He did not make the trip. Yeah, the uh, hip injury is more serious than uh, than anticipated. Good. Well, well, not good for him because I hate that somebody's injured, but... I, I don't know. I'm torn. I, I will always be a Patriots fan. I'm 33 years old, so I grew up in the Tom Brady era with all the Super Bowls. Has had it, I've had it made for 20 years. I hope the best for Tom. I hope we drag his ass and put him on his back 50 times and beat the brakes off of Tampa. But I hope the best for him when he's not playing for New England. That's my quarterback. He got me six Super Bowls. And then he went on and won a seven just to add to the GOAT legacy. I'm not mad at him. He wanted 50 mil guaranteed for two years, and New England said no. 
And if he stayed in New England last year, with the personnel he had around him, he would not have had a good season. He would not have gotten us to a Super Bowl. None of that. So Brady did what he did for 20 years. Love the guy. Will never burn his jersey. And I'm hoping the Pats keep it close. That way it's entertaining. And then we're on to the next week. I think the game is close. I mean, I just feel that Belichick is a competitive dude. And as soon as Brady won that Super Bowl, he knew they were playing against each other. He didn't know when, but he knew they were coming to Foxborough. And he just started scheming. And I think this is going to be a very orient game. I don't even, how a very detailed, well, every game plan is detailed. But you know what I mean? Like a very well thought out game plan. Um, last week against the Saints, I mean, you guys out outgained the Saints. Um, Jones threw a pick six, and then there was a turnover deep in uh, deep in the red zone. I think at the ten or the fifteen. So I anything over seven, I would tell anyone to buy it and sprinkle a little bit on the money. And, and that's my other thing too. I am all in on Mac Jones. All in. He's a game manager. Has he thrown the deep ball well? No. Has he only thrown one touchdown? Yes. But I like the way he stands in the pocket. He's willing to take shots. He does not turn the ball over. The picks were off the receiver's hands. So one of them, he is getting sacked, and he let go of it, which is stupid. But the pick six was off of Smith's hands, and they took it the other way. So I like the kid. If you look at all the quarterbacks that came out of the draft, none of them are doing well. I don't think any of them have won except – I mean, look at Justin Fields the other day. What, six for – 18 for 62 yards and no touchdowns and like two picks. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That, that's that's ferocious. That's just terrible. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that was more of a, a game plan because Matt Nagy's a fucking moron thing. But uh, I totally get what you're saying. Like, I I like Matt Give Jones. Give the kids some time. I like Matt Jones. Give him time. I like I like him. I mean, I think he's in a good situation. Um, I think the game's gonna be good. I think it's gonna be a lot closer than people people realize and. I've been saying this. I said it last night when I did the podcast with Gino. I said it earlier in this episode. In this episode, I'm going to say it Sunday. There's always one week in the NFL where shit kind of hits the fan, and there's a lot of upsets and like the public dogs don't cover, public favorites don't cover. I think this is the weekend. I think this is the weekend where shit gets a little crazy in the NFL. And I, I agree. I do want to plug. You're you're the prop guy. I don't know the odds on it. Jacoby Myers is the only receiver in the NFL in two seasons to have 104 receptions with zero touchdowns. Jacoby Myers finds the end zone this weekend. You're calling it right now? You're calling Yes. If that prop bet is there and it's a little juicy because the man still does not have a touchdown, I'm jumping on that prop bet all day. All right, so I... I'm I'm on FanDuel right now. I'm lucky enough in the great state of Illinois to be able to do FanDuel. You, my friend, in the state of uh, North Carolina, don't have the privilege of doing FanDuel yet. So I'm pulling it up right here. We're going to look at the same-day parlay of the Patriots to straight-up win. And then you said Jacoby Myers, anytime touchdown, is currently at play. Dude, that's a plus six forty one. Six forty one. Yes. yes. Grab it. 
Because here's the thing: forty-one Tampa, Tampa has given up, or average given up, almost or gave up over three hundred yards. Their DB, their defense is very good. Their DBs are weak, and I got a feeling that you're going to see a lot of trickery end arounds. Now, Jacoby Myers. So in the prop bet, if he throws the touchdown pass, is that considered an anytime touchdown? No, he's got. It's got to be. It's got to be receiving. Um, or rushing. rushing, or if they have on punt return or kick return, it's got to be one of those. He doesn't right. get it, but I do get where you're going. I think there's going to be a trick play. I think there's going to yeah, be. Yeah, you're going to see an play. end around. You're going to see a lot of stuff come out of Josh McDaniel's playbook this week to just try and get some points on the board early and catch them off guard to where you can try and play with a lead against this team. Now, on the flip side of that, what the fuck is going on in the backfield? Like, honestly, like. I totally forgot that Bowden was even in the motherfucking league. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I totally forgot. Like, I'm like, is that the dude that freaking was the 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 darling like four years ago when he had that game against the Colts? I no, mean, that that was uh, you know, that, that was not him. I know what you're talking about Ray. Like, you know the fuck I'm talking. Like, I was like, yes. what the hell is going on? Uh, Shefty tweeted out about eight minutes ago that White's on IR. Correct. Is Stevenson ever going to get out of the doghouse? I mean, what what's going on there? And the problem with Bill that I I don't like, so I think it was Gray. I think his name was Gray. I don't know why that's sticking in my head. The, the, the guy that scored the four touchdowns against the Colts. Yeah. He scores four touchdowns. He never saw the field again because he was late to a meeting the next day. Like, I get the old-fashioned, like, this and that, but, Bill, with Stevenson, you fumble the football, and then you just don't put him back in again? You can't deplete somebody's confidence that bad. I get it. He fumbled. Bad. Bad choice. But guess what? Fumbles happen in the NFL. It's part of the game. Now, if, he, if that would have been his fifth or sixth fumble in two games, some, yeah, I got it. But you fumble once, and then you pull the guy? Come on, Bill. That's like not playing Malcolm Butler in the Super Bowl that ultimately cost us the Super Bowl. Now, I'm Now, this is my thing. Like a you know, my old man in the in army was in the army. Um I was pretty good at basketball way back when. And um basketball coach, dude, I'll never forget my first my first game up in the big leagues, dude. He said if anyone gets burned on a back cut, you sit the rest of the game. And son of a bitch, dude, I got burnt on a back cut. I sat the rest of the fucking game. You know what I mean? And, like, these are just the way some coaches are. And he's an old-fashioned old mentality. Yeah. It is. So, I mean, I'll never forget in high school, I had a kid running in his mouth. I was a slot receiver, but I lined up on the outside a lot. And he just ran his mouth, ran his mouth. Finally, the coach called a timeout. And he's like, gagging, stop and go route outside. And I burned him, caught it for a touchdown. And when I stood up, I set the ball on him. And I was like, how about that? And when I got home, I was all excited to celebrate because I had like four catches, 114 yards, and a touchdown. It was like a great night for me. And my dad lit into me for celebrating, lit into me. He's like, it's embarrassing. It's a joke. Don't ever fucking do that again. I'm like, well, the guy was, he's like, I don't care. He goes, you did your job. So why, why, why? And 
that's why when I see the taunting and celebrating now that you see in the NFL, it's just so overdone and overkill in these group photos that they do. It's just, you did your job, be excited, go celebrate with your teammates. And that's one thing that I've always held my hat on with Tom Brady is he does his job and goes and celebrates with his team on the sideline or head bump somebody in the end zone and, and goes on to the next drive. Yeah. And then these teams that are down by 20 points celebrate. It's like, you're still down 20. I watched it with Miami last night. I was yelling at the TV. When they got an interception and they were down, I think at the time, 19 to 7. I'm like, you're bringing out a turnover chain when you're down by two possessions. What are you doing? Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. But doesn't make sense. I mean, we could go on talking NFL and everything for the whole whole time. Uh, guys, make sure you lock in that parlay that Brando just gave out. But now let's shift our attention to NASCAR. NASCAR, we obviously got the playoffs going on. It's called the Yellow Wood Five. I don't even know what the fuck Yellow Wood is, but we got the. I yellow, don't either. Got, I'll be honest. <laughs> I didn't even know it was called that. So we got the, we got the Yellow Wood uh, Five Hundred here, um, guys. I'm just gonna be honest with you. I have found that overall the best odds are on FanDuel, but. For those that don't have FanDuel, Bovada odds are pretty good. I'll be talking about FanDuel odds. Let's just kind of run through some people here. Again, this is at the Speedway. Crazy shit happens here. As Brandon says all the time, you want to avoid the big one. So on a race card like this, you really want to go, don't want to go too deep because shit can get a little crazy at a Speedway. The betting favorite is Denny Hamlin on FanDuel at plus 950. Um, he's been looking really good. Finally, won some races once he got to the playoffs. But at nine fifty, I just, I, I can't plan. No, um, no. I, this is one of those you, you need to do reach bets, guys. Everybody knows you can Google it, you can read it, you can do whatever. The big one happens, and it takes out a shit ton of cars. And all you can hope for is that your bet is not involved in it. So unless the ROI is double digits per dollar, I'm not touching them. I agree 100%. The first person that is double digits, as you're saying, 11 to 1 or, excuse me, 10 to 1 or higher, Joey Logano and Chase Elliott and Blaney are all 11 to 1 via FanDuel. Any love for any one of these guys or anything? Um, Chase is... He won in 2019 at Vega. He has been predominantly good at super speedways. Um, I do like Blaney. Blaney won a super speedway recently. Um, So I do like Blaney and Elliott. I'm I'm just going to steer away from Logano. He's had no luck. Um, Last time at this track, he was on his roof. Um, So Blaney Blaney and Elliott, I'll definitely touch him. Um, I am going to go into that strategic part to where I'll throw a little bit on some guys like that, but then I'm reaching after that. I mean, you look at it, you've hit Martin Truex all the way down at 25 to 1. Bubba Wallace, <laughs> Bubba Wallace has these same odds as Martin Truex Jr., Ricky Stenhouse, and Eric Almarola have cheaper odds than Martin Truex Jr., if that tells you guys anything. Yeah, I'm looking at at FanDuel right now and this is my like Austin Dillon, Matty D, Tyler Reddick, Kurt Busch, 
Martin Truex, and Bubba are all thirty-two to one. That's that's ridiculous. So Chris at that Chris Bell is thirty-eight to one. Justin Haley is thirty-eight to one. My yep. boy Stenhouse is thirty-eight to one, and your boy Chastain is thirty-eight to one. It's kind of crazy how everything's all over the all over the docket here. So with him, with, with you saying that, and I want all of you guys to understand when when you speak about different platforms having different betting odds, these are huge. What'd you say, Ricky? Was that thirty-eight to one? He's twenty-two fifty yeah. on Bovada, and Chastain. You said is what 32, 38 to one as well. He's forty-five to one on Bovada. So remember that, guys. Play your odds where you want them based off of your site because they can be different. Now, what about Chris Busher? Where's he at in no. Bovada? He, oh, 45. Yeah, he's at 49. I mean, that's another dude, man. Like, he seems to do decent at these speedways. At 49 you know, to 1? I'd throw a quarter on that. You guys know that I'm famous for throwing out a really, really dark horse. It has come through for, for us about twice. I'm going deep, and I'm going 80 to 1, Corey LaJoy. Oh, you're going Corey LaJoy. So why 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 the love with LaJoy? LaJoy, I actually watched the thing on him the other night. He has been in the mix at the end of these races towards the front. He is one of those drivers that normally sits in the back all race, doesn't have a whole lot of teammates to work with or anything like that. Then the big one happens, he survives, and he's got an opportunity at the end. If I can grab a guy eighty to one to possibly have a chance to cash in on that, I'm going to take it all day. Same and with Daniel Suarez at 60. He was in it. Daytona? I want to say Daytona? Yep. Yeah. He was making a move for second place on the last lap and got turned. So. I love me some Corey LaJoy. I mean, that. Looking back at the people that have probably made me the most money this year, I'd have to say it's Corey LaJoy just because I just, just keep betting him on those top What's, 20 odds. I was going to say, I wonder what his top 20 odds are this week. I bet they're really low. Yeah, they're only plus 110. I wouldn't even take that. I mean, no. even top 10. I mean, you look at these top 10 odds. I mean, Stenhouse, 150. Haley, Justin Haley is plus 140. I mean, there's no. I'm not even gonna even bother doing this. I'm I'm swinging for the fences. I mean, I'm taking I'm taking some long shots here, just kind of like exactly like uh, Brandon said. I mean, I'll definitely be looking at Stenhouse. I'll be looking at um, I'll be looking at LaJoy, looking at Suarez. Uh, what about Brad K? How do you feel about Bradley? Brad K has always been good at these tracks. So yes, I don't mind Brad. He is at what? He's at about fourteen to one on um, FanDuel and DraftKings. I mean, if you guys are looking, I almost kind of want to do it. I've never explained it this way, but kind of a tier scenario. Grabbing a guy, let's just say Chase Elliott amongst the group of Blaney, Elliott, Kozlowski, Larson, all between the ten to sixteen to one. And then I'd like to go down and grab a Kurt Busch, a Truex, or a Matty D at 25 to 1. And then jump down a little further to your guy that you spoke about, like a Busher, a Chastain, or a Newman at 45 to 1. And then taking your long shot. So you'd have three or four drivers, and they're all going to be tiered differently. 
I mean, I'll be honest, that's kind of my betting strategy all the time. I take one one or one guy, one a top tier guy, a couple middle guys, and I swing for the fences. But here at these speedways, I really don't go that cheap with players with guys. What about like uh Harvick at 17 or uh, Kyle at 17. I hate to say it, and because it's it doesn't benefit you guys that are listening when I say it this way. It, it's it's putting a blindfold on and throwing a dart. It's it truly true. is. This we talk about it every time we get to a super speedway. This is not anything that we can go on a whole lot of past history. Uh, how'd you do last race? How good are you at this track? Because you could get wrecked five weeks in a row or five times in a row at Dega and then win your next two. I mean, you look at the Earnhardts, dominated super speedways, but it took um, Dale Earnhardt Sr. 20 years just to win the 500. Yeah. So, again, I don't like saying it that way because there is a strategic aspect to placing bets, especially at a track like this, but... There's no way I can sit here and lock something in. I know you put it on your page all the time to where you're like, hey, here is my golden pick of the day. Here's what I'm going with. They're winning. They're not going to lose. I got this. You can't do this here. No, it's... It, you can't. Because there's so many variables, and then with the packages they run, <clears throat> excuse me, and the... It, it's just so many. So I would, like you said, you got to trust the team trust the driver and trust the crew chief that they're going to come up with a plan (coughs) and that they'll avoid the big one. So I'm totally in on the LaJoy thing. Um, Matchup wise, I, I even say you should even play matchups in this race. No, no, you you can't play match unless, unless you do have like a LaJoy, that's like a six to seven to one in the group, which normally doesn't happen. Like that's a high number. I mean, I'm looking but, uh, at these matchups right here. I mean, everything is basically a pick 'em. The only really big, crazy long shots is the aforementioned LaJoy is minus 150 against Justin Aguilar. I would never take that because I like to LaJoy there. And then Elliott's right. land minus 145 to Harvick's plus 120. Um, it, look- it, you can't. That's. It's such a huge risk. The only way that you're going to be happy at doing that is if you if you're a person that goes to the casino and likes playing roulette. Exactly. And just wherever that ball lands is going to be the winner. Like that's that's all this is. I mean, yeah, Joey Gase, guys like that that normally crash out, are they going to win the race? Probably not. But we watched Justin Haley win this race in a non-sponsored or one sponsor car. He won Daytona under a rain issue. They got over halfway, and he was in the lead. So, exactly. Yeah, I crazy shit happens. I hate to say it that way, but on the flip side of that, though, um, you you got to be careful. Like Brandon was saying, you got to take your shots. But with the new aspect that's kind of been around uh, this year in NASCAR. The live betting. So hypothet- hypothetically, let's say, I don't know, Truex, or not even, tr- I'm not going to use Truex because he's 32 to 1. Let's say Logano. Let's say Logano finds himself toward the end of the pack and he drifts up to like a 15 to 1, a 17 to 1 because he's at the end of the pack. 
at what point would you be interested in buying like a Hamlin or a Logano? What would their live odds have to be for you to say, hey, I want to get invested in this guy? It would have to be something towards the end of stage two. So you wouldn't, um, even, you wouldn't even look at live odds until the end of stage two? The only way I'd look at it, because I don't think, I, I know the people that do the betting odds are smart, but I feel a lot of it, it can be system related when it comes to live picks on where a driver currently is. So if you have a Logano that is up in the front for the first 30 laps, and then next thing you know, you see him in 32nd, when realistically all he's doing is just riding around right now to avoid the big one, and you see his odds jump up to 18 or 22 or something like that, grab him. Because you know he's not back there due to a malfunction or a damaged car anything. He's back there because he's just feeling things out at first. So, but I ultimately, I want to hear these guys. I want to see what they're doing, their drafting partners, their plans, all of that come the end of stage two. Because you're ultimately going to know who they're working with. You're also, the big one, it can happen anytime. But if Logano's riding in the back and he goes up to 20 to 1, and then he starts making his way to the front in the first stage, and the next thing you know, he's in the big one, well, you just wasted that bet. So I'd rather wait till towards the end of the second, if not right at the end of the second stage. Exactly, exactly. I agree with you 150% with that. Um, so with that being said, neither one of us, we're not going to go through the matchups because both of us agree not to play matchups. Group, I wouldn't even pay a group. I would. What I would do in this track is you look at your tier guys, like you say, take a couple long shots, a couple middle tier, half you on those, and then one you on a uh, on a kind of want to say a betting favorite, but someone toward the top tier. With that being said, I'll probably go Logano, Stenhouse, uh, Suarez, and LaJoy, and Busher. Who are you looking at? I'm going to go with... Sorry, I'm dealing with my dogs. Uh, hold on, I've got it. Let me pull it up. Bovada can be difficult at times. I'm going to roll with... So we're going to do the tier system. I'm grabbing Elliot in the first tier. Second tier, I'm grabbing uh, Truex at 25. Third tier, I got to keep riding with my boy Ross Chastain. And then I'm dropping uh, dropping uh, Corey LaJoy at 80 to 1. Uh, well, here's the thing. It, you know LaJoy, if LaJoy somehow pulls this on, you tell that kid he needs to get on the show and we need to buy him some beers if he gets on this, my man. I will absolutely, <laughs> if he can pull this off, I'll absolutely do everything in my power to get him on this. Uh, Brandon, A, why don't you tell everyone how your iRacing is going and where, and then tell everyone where they can find you on social media. iRacing is going really well. We've got six months to road to pro. Um, me and a good friend of mine actually got a, a huge offer from a team slash sponsor that is about to be the official I'm not even going to say he's he could be the official apparel person of a major major thing amongst NASCAR I'll give you more details later um, if I pull the trigger on this it will be tonight so hopefully I can make an announcement um, off the post Boston Sports as always 
And uh, maybe next week, maybe we can entertain these guys into a live IG because I will actually be at the track That's at Charlotte Motor Speedway for the Roval. There you go, buddy. There you go. Maybe we could do a little live, uh, see what's going on. Brandon, best of luck to you in betting. Thanks for coming on. And uh, try not to drink too much on Sunday night during the uh, past game, my friend. Of course. Have a good one, guys. Good luck with the bets. I would like to thank Brandon for coming on each and every week to talk NASCAR. Guys, make sure you support him. He's been handing out nothing but winners on a week-in and week-out basis. So make sure you check him out on Instagram and the Twitch live stream. Now, I want to switch our attention to fantasy football, more specifically DFS. I've had a lot of people ask me, Eric, why don't you talk us through your thought process for DFS? So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you guys how I think for DFS. Now... I usually take a couple guys and I build around them and I make my 50-50 lineups. Now, in terms of millionaire makers, have I come close to the millionaire maker? Yeah. Have I run five figures playing the millionaire maker? Yeah. But what I do is I play the 50-50. I want 50-50. I want my best lineup against your best lineup. Because the millionaire maker is a complete effing hodgepodge of who is playing 20 lineups. I want my best lineup against your best lineup. That's what I want. And when I get that, I want one-on-one. No ifs, no ands, no buts. So I always take a couple people, I build them around them, and I go from there. The first person that's always in one of my lineups, it's always Travis Kelsey. Why Travis Kelsey? This guy is going through a historic season. Year after year after year after year. This is like Antonio Brown, guys. So I always have Travis Kelsey in one of my line in the tight end position. So that way, if the tight end doesn't pop, then I'm I'm not exposed. You know what I mean? Because you look at the tight end position, he's at 8,100. You put in him in there. Everyone else is so touchdown dependent. If they don't get a touchdown, you're going to be behind the eight ball if you don't use Kelsey. So in my cash game model, I always use Travis Kelsey. So we lock in Travis Kelsey in the tight end position. Now let's look at wide receiver position. Do you want to pay up? No, I don't want to pay up. I don't want to pay up at all in the wide receiver position. I want to look for a middle tier guy to put in my lineup. I'm not going to go for Tyreek. I'm not going to go for Devontae Adams. D-Hop still hooked. Her. Cooper Cup is again Cooper Cup. I seventy. I cannot in my head of heads pay seventy eight hundred dollars for Cooper Cup. I just I just can't do it. I can't do it at all. One person I do find really interesting is Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley is priced at seven thousand dollars, and the football team is giving up forty three point two points on. Again, to the to the wide receiver position. So he he's really interesting. Another person that I find really interesting, which is a little bit lower on the tier, is Corey Davis. Corey Davis, this could be a get right spot for him. Why? Because the Tennessee Titans, they're giving up 42.4 points per game 
to the wide receiver position, and he's only priced at $5,700. Another person that I find a little bit interesting is OBJ. OBJ played pretty well in his return game to the Browns last week, and OBJ is currently priced at 5,800. Those are a couple guys I'm looking to gun to my head right now. I'm going to go with Corey Davis. Those that listened on the That's What G Said podcast, I called it Jets straight up. Jets straight up. Titans back four off. This is a good right spot for Zach Wilson. So you know what we're going to do? We are going to lock in Corey Davis into our little group of players that we are building. So Corey Davis is the next one okay now we're going to go to the running back position and the running back position it's pretty interesting but for me i, I you know i've had this circled i'm not going to outthink the room madison's been priced up to 6600 based on what he did last week dalvin cook's at 81 madison's at 66 miles sanders at 64 is interesting because i think they're going to over get him the ball just because he did not touch the ball at all like he should have which makes zero fucking sense to me i have no idea how miles sanders wasn't actively involved in the game plan with the cowboys being down as many defensive linemen as they were but we're going down we're going down where oh where is the player that we are going to be looking at. We are going to be looking at if he is healthy, which he is, he is a questionable take right now, Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor only got 10 carries last week against the, um, oh my God, who they play last week? Oh, against the Titans, which makes zero sense to me. He is going against the Dolphins. Everyone knows the way to attack this Dolphins defense is running the ball. The Dolphins are averaging giving up 28.7 points per game, per game, to the running back position. And also, guess who leads the NFL in red zone carries? That would be no other than Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor has 13 carries inside the 20, 8 carries inside the 10, And inside the five, he has six carries. This guy is getting the most red zone touches. He's tied with Aaron Jones and Derrick Henry. So I am going to be all in on my boy, Jonathan Taylor, this week. So we're locking Jonathan Taylor in. Now, in terms of the quarterback position, it's always tough with the quarterback position. Now, I'm here looking at the quarterback position. We're looking at fantasy points per game to the quarterback position. Guys, I'm really tempted in locking Jalen Hurts. I'm not going to lie. We got Frank Jones hurt. We got, uh, sorry, Chris Jones hurt. Frank Clark hurt. We locked him in. We're at 6,900. So that's an interesting little group. It's going to be Jalen Hurts, Jonathan Taylor, Corey Davis, and Travis Kelsey. That's going to be the four that I'm going to be building my team around to try to get myself some money. Now, will there be changes? Yeah, because, I mean, guys, I haven't even looked at the practice reports. 
stuff always changes. But that's kind of how I go around building my team. I look at fantasy points given up per position. I look at last week going into this week just because I don't want to chase last week. Like DJ Moore had a game off of his chart. DJ Moore is going to be relatively highly owned. I want guys that weren't highly owned that I'm going to be able to get and that are going to be overlooked. And then I want Kelsey coming in and Kelsey to ball out and get me that points that lock in at least that 20 points in the tight end position. That's kind of my mindset when I build my fantasy lineup. So that's it. Great show. Thanks for everyone tuning in. Thanks for Brandon. Loaded week in a sports. You know, I mean, I'm looking at it right now. We're plus 13.49U for the year for college football. Off to a little bit of a slow start. It's kind of crazy. I could say a little off to a slow start. We're up over 13Us. NFL plus 22Us. Got plus 22.5528Us. We're fucking killing it. Thanks for tuning in. Great show. Let's make some money. Check out my horse racing page for free. Horse racing picks. Bull predictions coming out. Check me out on Fourth and Inches with Gino on Sunday. Let's have a great weekend. Let's cash some tickets and let's make some money, boys and girls.